I think I did. No Sebi Salazar today. <laughs> the little guy is competing in the Little League World Series. No, no, they no, They played no, against no. Puerto he's, Rico today. He's, he's covering. He's not competing. Sebastián Salazar is not He's not competing. competing? No. My apologies. Exclusively here on ESPN, you could watch the Little League World Series. Great job, Sebastián Salazar, in today's coverage. Uh, but in his place, one of my favorite players, one of my favorite DPs, Mauricio Pedrosa. Mau, how you doing, my man? I'm happy to be back. Uh, I'm glad that Sebi is doing the thing that he likes doing the most. What's that? Which is not being with you. Right. Hanging out with people that he actually cares for. Right. Hanging out with that people he that he know. actually likes. That he doesn't know. He doesn't know. But it's fine. That's the way it goes. We have a great show for you tonight. Coming up next, one-on-one, Hercules Gomez with uh, LA Galaxy's newest member, Ricky Pooch. That's going to be a very, very interesting conversation. But let's get things started with very bad news, at least for the Mexican national team. News coming out of Sevilla. Tecatito Corona suffered a fractured fibula during practice this Thursday. He underwent surgery immediately after the incident. Sevilla informed that his recovery time will be between three and four months, which knocks him out, allegedly, of the upcoming World Cup in November. Now, this adds to a long list of injuries Corona has sustained during his career, and we just consider it from January 2014 up to this date, but he's missed some time and also not only for club play, Porto and Sevilla, but most importantly for the Mexican national team. Hercules Gomez, how big of an impact? How big is this loss for Mexico and El Tata Martino? Let me start off really quickly with Tecatito Corona. How gut-wrenching this must be. Yeah, yeah. You're 90-some-odd oh days from a World Cup. He's only had a, a World Cup experience that lasted about 30-something minutes. For, for such a talented player who's going to be in the prime of his career in a World Cup, because he could be, what, mid-30s by the next time the next World Cup rolls yeah. around. So this is gut-wrenching, and you have to feel for the player. That said, you feel for Tata Martino, and you feel for the Mexican national team and their fan base, because this is a massive loss. Not so much because it's... Tecatito Corona, who, let's be honest, you could say he didn't start so well in World Cup qualifying. You could say he was lost when it came with Porto. He was lost when it comes to the Mexican national team. But since that move to Sevilla, he turned into a different player, at least in the club situation. And at the end of uh, the World Cup cycle, became a regular player. And when I mean regular, I mean a regular contributor for the Mexican national team. So it's... Man, what are you going to do if you're Tata Martino? You can ill afford to lose a player of that talent. Yeah, I also wrote massive loss. That was, that was my first thought. And not only because Tecatito Corona is a great player. Of course he's a great yeah. player. But for Tata Martino's system, he is crucial. Here is Tecatito's impact on the Mexican national team qualifying for the World Cup in Qatar. Goal involvements, assists, chances created, crosses, number one, games, number two. But I do remember that stretch by the end of last year. We were in Cincinnati. Mexico lost 2-0, of course, to the U.S. men's national team. Next game was visiting Canada. And Tata Martino sent Tecatito Corona to the bench, right? And after that, something changed with Tecatito Corona. He moved to Sevilla, of course. He became a regular, as you said, but he also became very, very important for Gerardo Martino. Now, here's another point. Gerardo Martino has no flexibility when it comes to his system, his style of play. And in that style of play, Tecatito Corona is also crucial. There are not many players with his ability, with his characteristics, one-on-one being aggressive. So when you consider the things that he actually brings to the table, this is a massive loss. And I really feel it because how many times did we mention el famoso tridente? Chucky Lozano, Raul Jimenez, Tecatito Corona. We all thought that was Mexico's biggest chance to make something important during the World Cup. But yeah, in terms of how the team, Tata Martino's team plays, huge, huge loss. Huge loss, and you mentioned the Tridente. I mean, that's the only consolation you could say there. It's not like the Tridente were killing it, playing with each other. They had zero goals. Zero goals from the run of play when they were together on the field. Um, now, Tata Martino and his staff, they have, they have to do some homework. Because the next question is, if he's actually out, there are reports that are uh, insisting that Tata Martino will wait to see if he can actually call them up. So it's the same injury that Charlie Rodriguez had. Charlie yeah. Rodriguez came back in 78 days. There's some 90 days, some 90 odd yeah. days into the World Cup. So there's a little hope. Who should replace Tecatito Corona? The options are 
Diego Lainez, now with Braga, Alexis Vega with Chivas, and Orbelín Pineda, who's now playing in Greece under Matias Almeida. Orbelín Pineda, and it's not so much he, Orbelín Pineda, him, what he's doing right now in Greece, or what he, I should say, is showing promises of that he can do in Greece under Matias Almeida in that system, but it's the other two. Uh, and when you look at players like Alexis Vega and Diego Lainez, they've not exactly killed it. Alexis Vega is struggling right now with Chivas. He's not the same player that he was. Agreed. You look at Diego Lainez. Diego Lainez went to Braga. He's not even played. He's still on the bench. He's come out in a few cameos. And he's a guy that lacks confidence. He's, it's mm -hmm. 1,398 days since his last elite goal for mm -hmm. Diego Lainez. So it's Orbelin Pineda. Orbelin Pineda is also the default player for Tata Martino. Go back to that Gold Cup. That Gold Cup here in the States. And it was Orbelin Pineda playing. It was Orbelin Pineda taking penalty kicks, by the way. It was, I mean, that goal was safety blanket. That goal wasn't great for anyone no. in the Mexican national team. Now, to me, the answer is really simple. It's a no-brainer, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Diego Lainez. Has to be Diego Lainez. Listen, the time is now. The time is now for the golden boy. Yes, his stand at Betis. Pretty much, yeah, stunk, wasn't great. But now he has another chance. And just let's let's go back to every time he was on the field coming off the bench under Tata Martino with this Mexican national team. There was no other player with his dynamic, with his decisiveness. He was really contributing to this team. Mexico had a completely different face once Diego Lainez was on the field. And I know. I know a lot of people are going to say, including Hercules Gomez, he's better coming off the bench, he not is. as a starter. Why does he have those but, spaces? But, because but. In the second half, those spaces are open. The game opens up and a player like him can take advantage of it. But think about this. In teams are just replacing one player with another, especially in that position on the field. Diego Lainez plays on the right-hand side, as does Tecatito Corona. That's, that's not the case for Alexis Vega. That's not the case that's for Orbelín Pineda. This is why Tecatito is so difficult to replace. Because Tecatito is an assist leader. He makes those around him better. Diego Lainez is going to do things for Diego Lainez. He's going to create space for Diego Lainez. He's good 1v1 situations for Diego Lainez. Tecatito was the opposite. Tecatito could get others involved. And that is the difference. That's why maybe a like-for-like like would be Diego Lainez, Chucky Lozano. But Tecatito, do you really have anybody who could unlock defenders like that? I don't uh, think so. Well, that, that's Diego Linus. No, no, no. And then cross the ball. I think Diego Linus <laughs> can do that. The thing is, we haven't seen him that many minutes on the field just to come with this huge conclusion that would be... And especially, you don't want to mirror one player with another, right? Well, if you could mirror Tecatito... I if you it. could, but, but you're not gonna. You're not gonna do it. Right? There's another option of maybe moving Chucky Lozano from the left-hand side to the right-hand side. That would open the possibility for Alexis Vega to start. Yeah. But as you said, preferred position. this has not been yeah. the same Alexis Vega that we thought had actually a shot that we at being a starter. That the producer thought. Every day he's still crying. Everybody about thought Alexis <laughs> Vega had a shot at being starter at the next World Cup. Now, if it's not Diego Lainez, if it's not Orbelin Pineda, if it's not Alexis Vega, I want to bring another name to the table. Okay. Does this maybe open a tiny, small window for my man, Flores? He's finally having minutes at Real Oviedo. Do you believe Marcelo Flores has a shot at making the 26-man roster now with Tecatito's injury? No, unfortunately, no. I think that train left the station. That ship sailed when he went to the second division in Spain, went to Real Oviedo. This is a player who's got... Lots of intangibles, lots of attributes, lots of condiciones, as they say, that lead you to believe he's got a very bright future. But he's nowhere near Tata's radar. And he won't be near Tata's radar in these next 90 days. He, he's barely playing right now for Real Olvido in the second division. We've not even heard of him, really, not mentioned his name, really, since he went there. At least when he was playing in Arsenal U23s, we get the videos of his goal. Well, right? We get the goals and the assistant and he's in the highlight reels and he's in social media and people are talking about him. We've not said anything about him. Well, look, he played, but nothing happened. Unfortunately for him, that chip is sold and in the eyes of Tata Martino, he's looking elsewhere. See, I mean, we will never agree on this because I, I think the complete opposite. I think that the window was already open. Once he left, Arsenal's academy, 
to go to Spain's second division, which by the way, you can watch on ESPN Plus right here. Every time Marcelo Flores is on the field, you can watch him on ESPN+. I think that actually opened the window for him because that was his way of letting Tata Martino know, you want me to have minutes at a different level. You don't want me to be an academy player. Well, I'm going to actually leave this, which, he, which was very, very good. If you want to be at one academy, you want to be at Arsenal's. The, the moment he made that move to Real Oviedo, I think he increased his chances. And you know my, my, my position in this. I always thought that with an extended 26-man roster, he should be part of that team. Now without Tecatito Corona. And I know maybe some people will say, well, Marcelo Flores doesn't really play on the right-hand side. With Tata Martino, he has played starting on the left-hand side. That's, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's the biggest topic right now. I believe with Tecatito Corona, uh, with Tecatito's injury, the window is wider open now for Marcelo Flores, which I believe, you, you said he's not in Tata Martino's radar. I, mean, I think he is. Theoretically, if you want to say an injured player brings you that much closer, I guess theoretically it does, but that's not an actual option for Tata Martino, and that's what he's shown us. Okay, we will have some time. Uh, September, we will see who Tata Martino calls up for those two friendly matches here in California, one here in Los Angeles, California, and of course, Football Americas will be there to cover El Tri, the Mexican national team. Now, speaking of the World Cup and speaking of the Mexican national team, this blow, this, this injury... Uh, with Tecatito Corona. How, how does that, when we speak about the fact that Mexico has a specific goal, right? El quinto partido. How does that change without Tecatito Corona? It doesn't really change that much. I mean, he's a very good player, and the reality of it is when he was playing with El Tridente, it wasn't like El Tridente, that Tridente, Chucky Lozano, Raul Jimenez, Tecatio Corona was killing. It wasn't like they were scoring goals together. They're in a very difficult group with Argentina and Poland. And I should say uh, Saudi Arabia. It's going to be difficult for them, and it all hinges on that first game against Poland. Lewandowski and Diaz Massa, as you, as you say. Yep. But the cross, even if you get advancing out of that group, is... France, one of the favorites, or Denmark, who's a dark horse in this competition. Like, a very good team. I think regardless of Tecatito, without Tecatito, their their destiny is the same. Yeah, I think if we're struggling to come up with a good solution to replace Tecatito Corona, we're not alone. I think Tata Martino is going to have the same problem. So, listen, I was already questioning if Mexico was going to make it past group stage. Not sure. I'm honestly not sure. And without Tecatito Corona, who, as you, as you said correctly, he was maybe Mexico's best player in their last, in that final stretch that final during World Cup qualifiers, right? If you're not going to have your best player, then who, who's it going to be? Not Raul Jimenez. Hasn't even Most played. He's still injured. Player, I would say. We will see what happens with Chucky Lozano. But, I mean, I honestly thought it was going to be very hard for Mexico to make it past group stage. I still believe that's the case even without Tecatito Corona. Um, so he will not be a part of Sevilla's squad, who we will see on Friday on ESPN+. Plus. Sevilla hosting Real Valladolid starting at 3.50 p.m. Eastern, 12.50 Pacific on ESPN+. Plus. And on Saturday, Celta de Vigo, Chacho Codet's team, will host champions Real Madrid, Starting as well, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 12.30 p.m. Pacific, also on ESPN. Luca de la Torre, all right. Another blow for the Mexican national team, maybe. Rogelio Funes Mori had to be replaced Wednesday night in Toluca. He left the game with a groin injury. No certainty yet on how much, if any time, he will have to miss. Now, um, the fact that Rogelio Funes Mori, who started on the bench... But it's now injured. That's another head scratcher for Tata Martino. Now let's run it back. Speaking about Mexico's number nines, Henry Martin. That's now some good news. Again on the score sheet, leads the scoring table in Liga MX. He's peaking at the right time. He scored against Pachuca. We will talk about America a little more in depth in a minute. But Henry Martin, he's on fire. He's looking really good. Leading. The Mexican League, well, I should say tied at the Golden Boot Race with Santi Jimenez, El Bebote. Santi Jimenez is well, he's tied. no longer there. Uh, Henry's on fire. Yes, he is. Seven games. This is all ranks with Club America. Assists. Already a couple. And scored an assist in five 
straight games. That's really good numbers for a player that a lot of America fans wanted out when the season started. So with, with those things considered, we know that Tata Martino will take probably three strikers, mm -hmm. three number nines to the World Cup. We know that Raul Jimenez is going to be one, for sure. If he's healthy, Funes Mori will be number two. You have to assume that'll be his number you two. You have to assume he's yeah. going to be number two. Is Henry Martin your number three? No, he's not my number By the way, uh, if it wasn't for the Roger Jimenez injury, Henry Martin is probably with Chivas. Yeah. He's probably exactly. with Chivas not having this type of season. Now, great season, yes. He's proving his worth right now with America, yes. Would I take him right now? No. I would take Santiago Jimenez, who currently leads Liga Amex, even though he's not been playing for the last three, four weeks. El Bebote, as you like to call him. El Bebote. I don't like calling him El Bebote, actually. At Feyenoord no, with Dennis Teclose, ex-LA Galaxy GM, who now runs Feyenoord. He's there now. You have to assume at some point Santiago Jimenez and Tata Martino sat down about what would happen if and when he went to Europe, if and when he went to Feyenoord. We How that would affect his, We are assuming. I am assuming because this is what would happen with the national team coach. He's standing within said national team. Now, there's a reason you want to bring in a player like Marcelo Flores on that plane to Qatar, right? You want 2026. I know you, you were going to throw it out of my face. So, okay, so the sure. third sure. center forward, the third center forward who probably won't play because you're going to have Raul, he's probably going to take the lion's share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Maybe a Funes no Mori in a pinch. But if you can add a third center forward with mobility, uh -huh. with youth, uh -huh. that's already playing in youth. Europe, I just think it's a no-brainer for Tata Martino, and I'm going with Santiago Jimenez. So you agree that he has to call up Marcelo Flores as well? Mm -hmm. under, under that same reasoning, you no. have to agree that, he's, that he has to call Marcelo Flores? No, no? I don't. Oh, okay. So I disagree 100%. <laughs> I think Henry Martin has to be a part of the roster, and here's why. We know what we know. And what we know right now is that Henry Martin is on fire. We don't know what Santiago Jimenez's role with Feyenoord is going to exactly look like in a couple of months. So right now, tangible, the things that we see is a number nine on fantastic form. Again, I don't know, I don't know if this is the best form of his career, but it's certainly looking like it. And we don't know if Santiago Jimenez is going to be a starter for Feyenoord. And here's another thing. Here's another thing. I believe the starting spot at the number nine position for the Mexican national team is open because we do not know also how Raul Jimenez is going to look like in a couple of months. So you definitely need players in good form to create that competition. Yes, competition, internal competition is always good, but we know that Raul Jimenez will be Tata's number one if he's healthy. I mean, I mean it, it, it's depending that's on a him big being if. healthy. That's a big if right now. I, I don't think it's, it's that big of an if. I think he'll come back just fine because Tata Martino has told us that. That's why we know that. We know what we know. We know what Tata Martino told us. So that takes him out of the equation. Now, you said he may be in the best form of his life. Henry Martin's best form has been a 7-8 goal season in Liga MX. So he needs to continue this form to be in that discussion three months from now. Can he do it? That's another question. Because if you can't do it, you're going to go with the guy in Europe. I'm not sure if you have to go with the guy in Europe if, if that guy in Europe is not playing and is not scoring goals. Oh, compare that. No, I mean, honestly, if Santiago Jimenez stops scoring... If, if they're Santiago both not Jimenez scoring, who are you taking? Playing, if they're both you not scoring, take who are you taking? But why would you take a player if he's not playing and if, if he's not scoring? If they're both not scoring, who are you taking? If, who, if who's not scoring? Both of them aren't scoring. I still take Henry. I still have to take Henry. He's in better form. He's playing better than Santiago Jimenez right now. if they're right both now. not scoring, they got the same amount of goals right now. If they're both not scoring, who are you taking? If they, if, I mean, if none of them scores again... From yes. here till the start of the yes. world, right? That's, that's your hypothetical. That's, yeah. that's your hypothetical. Yeah. I still take Henry Martin. <laughs> You're such an American. I still, fan. No, I still take Henry Martin. I don't see why you don't want to take Henry Martin. I know, no, no, no. I know why. I know why. Because every time he scores, he celebrates like this. Yeah. Do you know who used to celebrate like that? Yeah, I got a the guy to my I left. Copy and right he on hates it. it. Yeah. He hates it that Henry Martin copied. His celebration. All right, we have some good Major League Soccer action on ESPN. The Hercules Gomez Classic, LA Galaxy hosting Seattle Sounders Friday, tape 10 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. And on ESPN Deportes, who'll have the call? That's us, baby.
Mauricio Pedrosa and Hercules Gomez will have that call on ESPN Deportes. Will that be Ricky Puch's first game as an LA Galaxy player? Hercules Gomez sat down to speak with Galaxy's new player. Ricky, thanks for being with us. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you speak English. Yeah, I speak. Okay. But I prefer to speak Spanish. Okay, vamos a hablar en español. But you Mejor. do speak English to yeah. the Galaxy fans, Major League Soccer fans. They can look forward to maybe hearing a bit from you in English in the future. Okay. For those who don't know Ricky Pooch, how would you describe your personality? Bueno, um, soy un chico porque tengo 23 años, um, con mucho carácter. Creo que soy un jugador con mucha ambición. Um, llevo pues jugando en el Barcelona siete años. Um, Debuté en 2018 con Valverde y la verdad que he pasado pues eh, por mejores momentos y malos momentos también eh, en Barcelona. No tuve mucha suerte con, con la confianza de algunos entrenadores, pero bueno, la verdad que estoy aquí, estoy muy feliz. Tengo muchas ganas de, de empezar aquí a, a jugar en el Galaxy y sobre todo esta nueva experiencia en la MLS que creo que me puede hacer pues un jugador muy grande. For those of us who do know Ricky Pooch, we associate you with Barcelona. At what point did you decide that Major League Soccer was the best option for you? Bueno, eh, sí que es verdad que salgo de uno de los mejores clubes del mundo. Eh, es verdad que pues tenía otras eh, opciones, pero la verdad que en esta vida creo que tienes que tomar decisiones a veces y, y tomar pues experiencias. Y lo vi como una experiencia que creo que me puede ir muy bien, sobre todo como, como persona, como para aprender eh, una nueva, pues, un nuevo idioma, que es verdad que sí que es verdad que lo, lo sé, pero me gustaría hablar como si fuera un nativo. Pero la verdad que venir a la MLS yo creo que es una liga que lo tiene todo para ser una de las mejores ligas del mundo, como lo he dicho más de una vez. Es verdad que mucha gente se metiera encima. Eh, pero yo creo que de aquí al futuro van a venir muchos jóvenes, creo que en la MLS ya no van a venir jugadores ya tan grandes como para venir a retirarse, creo que es una liga que están poniendo pues el listón muy alto, creo que es muy importante para la liga pues que vengan jóvenes y para hacer un poco más grande esta liga. I publicly stated that your signing with Major League Soccer could potentially be one of the biggest signings in the history of this league for what it represents, a young budding star leaving Barcelona, leaving Europe at such a young age. But you could understand maybe the surprise of many when you made this decision. Sí, como te he dicho antes, mucha gente pues um, esta decisión pues no la ha aceptado o no la ha entendido mucho. Como tú has dicho, creo que es eh, un cambio a lo mejor que un joven como yo, que tenía, bueno, ahora tengo 23, pero cuando tomé la decisión tenía 22, venir aquí. Eh, para mí también es un cambio muy, muy radical porque yo llevo toda mi vida en Barcelona, tengo mi familia, eh, mi novia, mis mejores amigos en Barcelona, que ahora han venido y están aquí conmigo apoyándome. Pero como tú has dicho, creo que es un cambio y que creo que esto puede hacer que muchos jóvenes también se decidan para venir aquí. Creo que es una liga con mucho nivel y una liga que no hay diferencia. Creo que en la liga o la Premier siempre hay cuatro o cinco equipos que están por encima de todos los otros equipos. Creo que aquí todos los equipos tienen, yo creo que el mismo nivel y que todos pueden ganar la MLS. There are many out there that feel that maybe you're renouncing your European dream. What would you say to those people? Bueno, la verdad que lo que diga la gente no me preocupa nada. Creo que lo que me preocupa es lo que diga mi gente que me quiere y los que tengo a mi lado. Eh, pueden decir lo que quieran. Eh, yo soy muy feliz eh, que a un chico de 22 años le digan de venir a Los Ángeles eh, con toda una vida por delante, poder aprender un idioma, un, una nueva a un nuevo ambiente, eh, otra nueva liga, eh, quién sabe, a lo mejor vuelvo a Europa, no estoy mm, cerrando la puerta a nadie, eh, ni mucho menos, creo que aquí puedo aprender mucho y ser un gran jugador y de aquí puedo salir como, pues como una estrella, como tú has dicho, y la verdad que estoy muy feliz y que tengo muchas ganas de afrontar este nuevo reto. Ok, you mentioned your loved ones, your friends, your family, your colleagues, what was their reaction when you announced that you were coming? To Los Angeles. Bueno, eh, al principio no se lo creían, eh, se pensaban que lo hacían broma. Es verdad que yo soy un jugador 
que estos últimos años también he podido salir cedido o ir a otros equipos para jugar y no tomé la decisión. Eh, también porque a mí me gustaba pues eh, Barcelona, creo que es una ciudad pues espectacular jugar en el Barcelona, no todo el mundo lo puede decir y lo tenía todo. Eh, me esperé por, para ver a ver si tenía más oportunidades pero no llegaron pero ahora creo que era el momento para tomar esa decisión y creo que la decisión pues fue una decisión extrema pero creo que en, creo de las mejores decisiones que he tomado en mi vida. There's been a lot of chatter of the way you left Barcelona. Some would even suggest that you left through the back door. How do you feel about that? No, la verdad que no. Creo que eh, mis siete años en el Barcelona han sido pues eh, siempre con un respeto y con mucha eh, amabilidad y, y creo que dentro del club eh, me quieren y yo también les quiero muchísimo. Creo que me han tratado muy bien. Es verdad que la prensa ahí a lo mejor en vez de ayudar pues te tiran un poco más de piedras encima eh, y más los de que son los de los de Barcelona en vez de ayudar eh, a veces pues no ayudan. Pero bueno, eh, en esta vida creo que hay, hay que tomar decisiones, como te he dicho. Eh, creo que salí muy, muy contento, eh, muy orgulloso de, de Barcelona y soy un tío muy feliz. We've seen plenty of talent come out of La Masía. Gavi, Pedri, Ansu Fati. You've been one of the biggest to come out in recent years. But what do you think was lacking in your time there? Was it opportunity? Was it minutes? Was it a chance? Bueno, oportunidades siempre he tenido y creo que pues eh, con las que he tenido creo que lo he hecho bien. Eh, pero creo que no es oportunidad sino más continuidad. Creo que lo que me ha faltado ha sido esa continuidad de tener un entrenador que me diga eh, confío en ti, haz, eh, juega como tú sabes y juega como tú quieras. Eh, y creo que ese es, es el punto que me ha, me ha faltado en el Barcelona, que tener un, un entrenador que confiara 100% y a ciegas a mí y que no importara lo que dijeran por detrás. Ok, you found maybe that coach in Greg Vanny who trusts you, who has that confidence in you. You've already seen the Galaxy play, you've now trained with them. Give us the overall impressions of what you've experienced here in LA. Bueno, eh, el otro día estuve en, el, en la grada. Eh, es verdad que a mí me hubiera gustado estar en el campo jugando, pero la verdad que creo que el equipo tiene mucha, pues mucha garra, creo que tiene mucho, mucho talento y eso es bueno dentro de un vestuario. Eh, hay mucha competencia y eso también para mí pues, eh, me gusta mucho para, para dar el 100% de mí. Eh, la verdad que es un equipo que creo que con mi incorporación creo que y sin mí creo que es un equipo muy grande que podemos pues, ganar la MLS como lo he dicho y la verdad que estoy muy contento porque los compañeros son muy humildes, muy simpáticos, me han apoyado muchísimo eh, hasta con los más grandes Chicharito, hasta con... You call Chicharito old, ¿eh? No, no, al revés, pero es el que lleva más carrera a lo mejor en, en Europa y que ha pasado por más equipos. Creo que desde Chicharito hasta el jugador que viene del B, creo que me han apoyado muchísimo, me están ayudando muchísimo y creo que es un placer estar aquí. You mentioned Chicharito. I know because of the time difference, it's a little difficult to maybe watch Major League Soccer games in Spain, even though uh, people do see it out there. But you know of Chicharito. You know of his career. You know who he is. What's it been like to be with Chicharito uh, in these uh, few days? Bueno, eh, la verdad que mm, se, lo, se lo he dicho a mis padres cuando volvía del entreno, creo que es un, un crack, creo que como persona pues mm, me ha flipado, creo que es un tío súper cercano que te ayuda muchísimo eh, y eso creo que con una estrella como él y un crack como él que ha hecho tantas cosas dice mucho de él. Eh, darle las gracias porque me ha tratado muy bien, Víctor también que lleva muchos años jugando y en el en el mundo del fútbol, pues también me ha ayudado muchísimo. Douglas también, creo que es eh, un grupo de, también de gente con muy, mucha importancia, pero que también con mucha humildad y que me han ayudado muchísimo. Javier es un goal scorer, but maybe this season he's lacked consistent service. What can Ricky Puch offer Javier Hernández in terms of that? Bueno, muchas asistencias. Creo que eh, yo siempre lo he dicho, desde que soy pequeño siempre me ha gustado más dar asistencias que goles. Es verdad que si tengo para meter un gol lo voy a meter y si puedo marcar muchos goles para el Galaxy pues lo voy a hacer. Pero yo a Chicharito si puedo le voy a dar muchas asistencias. Eh, lleva los últimos dos partidos muchos goles, la verdad. Lleva tres, ¿no? Sí. Creo que está en su mejor momento ahora y creo que hay que darle balones. You know, it's interesting because for such a young player, you stole a lot of the headlines. 
Um, you seem to be on the tip of everybody's tongue, especially the media. Do you feel at times you were unjustly judged? Bueno, eso a veces es bueno al principio, pero también al, al futuro es malo. Creo que como todo en esta vida, yo cuando era pequeño y cuando tenía 18 años y, y debuté, pues a mí me encantaba ver eh, portadas con mi nombre o con mi foto. Eh, es verdad que a veces pues, se tiene mucha prisa en el Barcelona. Eh, tenía 22 años y pues eh, me reclamaban que tenía que ser titular en un, en un club como el Barcelona. Eso es muy difícil, creo que lo han conseguido muy pocos jugadores. Es verdad que ahora están subiendo jugadores con mucha calidad y que, que lo están demostrando que pueden ser titulares en el Barcelona. Pero es verdad que conmigo a veces no se tuvo mucha paciencia. Eh, a lo mejor se me juzgaba muchas veces de otras cosas que, no, que la gente no tenía ni idea. Pero la verdad que yo estoy muy feliz, creo que lo di todo para el Barcelona. Soy culo desde que soy pequeño. Eh, siempre lo he intentado pues, dar todo dentro del campo. Y la verdad que estoy aquí en LA Galaxy y estoy muy feliz. Let's talk about a player here in the North American market that's very important. Serginho Dest, you were his teammate for a few seasons. Serginho Dest right now is behind a center back in Xavi's pecking order. Um, he's got options to leave. What would you recommend to Serginho Dest? Bueno, Serginho, yo pues he tenido la suerte de estar dos años con él. Um, es un chico con mucha calidad. Eh, pero es que el fútbol da muchas vueltas a veces pues eh, puedes llegar a un sitio que te quiera mucho que quieras eh, que el mister te ponga titular y al cabo de dos o tres meses la situación cambie eh, yo creo que es un jugador que puede jugar en un equipo pues eh, de élite de Europa eh, creo que el club pues no sé qué idea tiene con él pero yo creo que es un jugador que, que puede dar mucho pero no sé cuál es su situación actualmente. We've seen some strange things come out of Barcelona over the years. Um, one of those is that apparently they're trying to get rid of Frankie de Jong. Uh, what do you make of this? Eh, la verdad que Frankie de Jong, pues, conmigo se ha portado muy bien. Ha sido un tío ejemplar. Eh, creo que es un crack como persona. Eh, su familia también, su novia, creo que son, pues, bellas personas. Y la verdad que no entiendo cómo el club eh, a lo mejor pues necesita otro tipo de ingresos, de ingresos o otro tipo de situaciones que a lo mejor hace que tenga que venderse a Frenkie, pero la verdad que es un jugadorazo, creo que hay pocos jugadores como él en Europa y creo que el club si se lo deja eh, vender o se, se lo deja ir, creo que es un error por el Barcelona. You're a young guy. I know this is probably years away, but do you think coming to Major League Soccer puts you further away from the national team? Bueno, la verdad que no es algo que me plantee, la verdad que es algo que me queda un poco más lejos. Creo que de momento estoy más enfocado en hacerlo bien en el Galaxy, que hay mucha gente que me tiene ganas para que lo haga bien y tiene muchas expectativas hacia mí. Eh, esa es mi primera opción eh, de enfocarme y estar 100% a eso y la verdad que lo otro pues si viene vendrá y seré muy feliz y si no pues ningún problema. Ricky, you're at the Los Angeles Galaxy. It's the winningest team in Major League Soccer. The fans expect a lot out of you, so good luck, my man. Muchas gracias. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. That's the official welcome from one L.A. great, like Hercules Gomez, to what's now to be expected, another L.A. great, Ricky Pooch. So, Galaxy, they need help. This is this are hurt the numbers, the stats, for those three very important players, two of them actually designated players, they have really underperformed. That's the thing right there, right? Those designated players really need to knock it out of the park in Major League Soccer with those DPs. Zero assist on Javier Hernandez goals. So hopefully Ricky Puch can be that for the LA Galaxy, that bridge. So uh, let me ask you about that. Uh, you have said all along the season yeah. that the Galaxy are like one good player away. One piece away. One piece away from being title contenders. Uh, I, I said they're one piece away from being title contenders in the West. Correct. So you're now sacando el paraguas a little bit. That's fine. No, no. So is, 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 that, is that guy, is that piece, Ricky Puch? I think he can be. I mean, we look at the Los Angeles Galaxy, right? We got a team that's got speed and transition on the wings. Maybe not a lot of goal from those wingers. Maybe not a lot of assist from those wingers, but very good speed on those wings that can cause havoc. You will have two lethal nines in Dejan and Chicharito. That all need, all they need is service. They can score goals. They're lethal in the box. You've got a career year from Raheem Edwards from the left back position. Maybe defensively, uh, a little instability. But if you look at their record in the West and in the East versus top four teams, they've only lost once versus a top four team. They've only tied once. LAFC was that loss. Bank of California Stadium. They also knocked out that LAFC of the Open Cup. Beat them twice already. So this is a team that's very capable of giving any team in this league fits. Ricky Puch can be that bridge. You have a player like Victor Vasquez. You have a, a Sasha Kleshton who are very good players, but it can only give you stints because of their age. You can't count on them because of their history, when maybe with injuries recently. But he can be that player. He can provide that to Dejan, provide that to Chicharito. I really feel this player with that talent, forget about the attitude, forget about everything we've heard. I can't. No, 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 no I can't. No. I can't. No, 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 no. Forget about that for a second. If you can get the best out of them, this is a team that's going to cause problems. They're starting 11, because I don't feel they're deep. But their starting 11 is going to cause problems in the West. See, the problem is I see a lot of red flags with Ricky Puch. We're not going to question his talent, right? He was once supposed to be La Masia's best. And if you are La Masia's best, probably the best academy in the world, right? Or one of the best soccer academies around the world, La Masia. If you're supposed to be the next best thing, what happened? Why is the team letting you walk away at 23 years old? Why aren't you playing Champions League football with all that talent? So, and... Oh. It's, it's not, this is not me and an opinion. This has been reported by ESPN reporters. Lack of discipline. Not the best teammate. Mm. And character issues. Yeah. Why am I supposed to think that that's going to change while playing for You're LA right. Galaxy? Write him off at 23 years of age because he wasn't good for Barcelona. He cannot be good for the LA Galaxy. You're absolutely right. I'm not talking about talent. Ta <laughs> you, you cannot only talk about talent is not everything. Let me tell you, you about the last guy who had gotta, all the talent in the world but had a bad attitude to play for the Los Angeles Galaxy. If you want to compare Zlatan Ibrahimovic to Ricky Puch, I'm going to walk away right now. You cannot compare Zlatan Ibrahimovic to No, what to I'm Ricky trying Puch. to tell you is you can come up with the red flags because he was coming off a knee surgery. He was coming off not playing. There are red flags everywhere you go, especially in Major League Soccer. But if you can get a guy who's coming from the system, La Masia, one of the biggest gems, Joyas Mas Grandes, you just said, yeah. of La, La Masia in the recent years, and get something out of him at 23 years old, I can, for the life of me, not accept that people don't think he can do well in Major League Soccer. Now, whether those issues arise or not, that's another question. That's something for Greg Vanny, that is something for Ricky Pooch, that's something for that organization to, to decide or to fix or to go through when it comes. But the talent there. And that's what they need today. They need talent, especially in that final third. I mean, all, everything he said to you, I love it, right? Check the boxes, he's, right? He, he's a smart kid. Yeah. You can tell he's a smart kid and... From, from your interaction with him, uh, good Se guy. Seemed grounded, said what he needed seemed to grounded. say. Uh, wasn't afraid to say what he needed to say, but I agree with you. He's saying all the right things right now. That's why I'm saying at some point, you have to give people the benefit of the doubt. Once he defrauds you, then you can jump on him. He was given 
the benefit of the doubt at Barcelona. And it didn't work out well for both parties, right? It doesn't work out well, well for everybody at Barcelona. And the moment, the moment Barcelona needed a good player from the academy, he was not there. He was not available. He was available, right? But, but neither Ronald Koeman nor Xavi wanted anything to do with Ricky Puig. And that, that, to me, is a big, massive, massive red flag. All right, we'll move on. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Major League Soccer, let's start with the good. Joseph Martinez scored with 100 goal in Major League Soccer. Atlanta lost at home to New York Red Bulls, but quite the milestone para el venezolano, becoming the fastest player in league history to reach 100 goals. By 24 games, 24 games faster than anyone in league history. Second to, la second to last in the East, though. That's the problem right now for Atlanta. Look at the uh, crowd there. Definitely starting to lose hope in Atlanta United. By the way, uh, that's Red Bulls 27th point away from home this season. That's a league best for the Red Bulls. Yeah, and Joseph Martinez made sure that everybody, everybody understood that he is now the fastest player in league history to reach 100 goals. And this is a very, very distinguished list with Bradley Wright Phillips, our very own Taylor Twillman, and Wondo, who recently retired from Major League Soccer. That was the, the, the good, how about the bad? LAFC, yes, we were able to find the bad in LAFC. They beat DC United on Tuesday, but Herc, once again, no signs of Gareth Bale and Giorgio Chiellini. Load management. What a Jesus, load, right? According to the team. What a load. Um, where do we start? DC United uh, losing again, league worst. Uh, even with load management, they still got taken care of home. Good goal by Opoku right there. Great I mean, ball. Load, load management, but Bella, Rachel from Chicho. Now let's go to load management. I can buy Chiellini yeah, because yeah. Chiellini's played. Gareth Bell's played 90-something minutes. What's he load Hasn't started yet. He hasn't started, so uh, something's there. Something's up. This is the second consecutive game. Maybe start looking into this, people. So I do want to understand, maybe because, and this is just me uh, trying to come up with something. They're not DP players, so they're not going to play all the minutes if they're not DP players. And the ugly fourth consecutive winless game for champs, NYCFC, losing 3-1 to one at home against Charlotte. That's the third loss in a row. By the way, NYCFC scored a majestic goal, Mike, by Maxime Jeannot. This is a team that lost both their manager and their best player mid-season. Uh, how concerned are you? Uh, I'm very concerned. Very quickly, Charlotte FC, the first first-year franchise to beat a defending MLS Cup champion. It's only their second away win of the year, so congrats to them. Uh, things have not been looking good for them, but NYFC. Where do we start? Where do we start with NC? <laughs> NYCFC, excuse me, where do we start? Um, Take your time. This is a team that lost their head coach. Nick yep. Cushing is now here. They lost their golden boot leader. The golden boot leader of Major League Soccer. And they don't have an answer to. And not only that, they're suffering with injuries right now to players like Callens, Alfredo Morales, Keaton Parks have not been able to replace. This is a team that's all of a sudden changed their stripes. They don't know who they are. Uh, they don't have any goal. Uh, they can't seem to figure it out in that final third. It's a team that no longer presses the same way. Yep. And time's running out. And not only that, Nick Cushing seems to be okay with it. He seems to be thinking what he's doing is enough. Is there... Maybe some hope? Sure. Remember Matias uh, Pellegrini? Yeah. Remember that? Of course. Yeah. Well, no, uh, well, he's actually now going to go to New York City FC. If you're sitting at home and wait, that sounds familiar. Familiar. Yeah. Yes. He's, very much. He was one of the fours, one of the DPs that played at Inter Miami when Inter Miami had like. With Adolfo Pizarro. When yeah. they had like 20 piece, uh, DPs <laughs> illegally. Oh, don't. So say maybe that. things can change, don't but right now this is not a good situation. And we mentioned this a month ago. And since then. They've not won. One tie, three straight losses. Something is going on right there in New York, and they need to figure it out quickly. They now play consecutive games away at Chicago and at Orlando. Uh, I think you can lose motivation as a team when you let your manager walk and you let your best player walk as well. Let's run it back, shall we? Let's start with Jesus Ferreira. This is his 15th goal of the season, and the assist by Poli Arreola, good move, better finish. Insane season, uh, seven games left, listen to this. He's only three goals away from tying the mm -hmm. FC Dallas all-time single season scoring record of 18, held by Kenny Cooper and Jason Kreis. 
Well, see, that's my that's my bet for number nine at the World Cup for the U.S. Men's National Team, Jesus Ferreira. I'll tell you that right now. I know I'm not uh, they beat risking Philly, a lot, by the way. Only their fourth yeah. loss of the season. Yes, that's right. And Jassy Sardis is scoring again, seven of the season. Also, his sixth goal in the last seven matches for Jassy Sardis. Well, he's going to need a lot more. Uh, Colorado, 11th in the West. Uh, they are terrible from home. Uh, only one win all here away from home. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. From the Bundesliga to the Premier League always feels like the right move, right? But for Tyler Adams, leaving Leipzig for Leeds United feels like it was something even bigger, especially with his relationship with the man that actually challenged him to take the next step. How are you settling in? How's it all gone so far? Yeah, it's been it's been really, really easy transition so far. Obviously, having some familiar faces here have helped me settle in, um, but the team has been amazing. Any questions that I've had coming in, um, you know, the football speaks for itself. It's always easy going out and, and working hard on the, on the pitch, but settling off the pitch, I didn't think would go as easy as it has. And I mean, why did you, how did it end up being Leeds for you? Yeah, it was a, a crazy transition and everything honestly came came about so quickly. I remember last time you were sitting in my living room and, you know, we were just talking over some of the things and I was just so focused at the end of the season with Leipzig, you know, we had the opportunity to, to win my first European trophy and I was focused on that, you know, didn't want to become a distraction to the team in any sense and just wanted to focus on my own football. Um, but when I was with the national team, um, you know, some whispers in my ears about, you know, possible destinations came about and at the end of the day I chose Leeds. I just felt it was going to become the best environment for me to develop as a player, play a big role in the team. Um, but yeah, I thought that's how. And was Jesse a big factor? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had a tough conversation with Jesse before I came here about, um, you know, finding the old Tyler in a sort of sense and I felt like in my time at Leipzig I, I lost a little bit of confidence I lost the the way of of you know who I was and, and what I wanted to become um, and I got a little bit too much in my comfort zone so um, you know we had a tough conversation we talked over it uh, not an argument in any way or sense but some some difficult points came across and you know we took a week to to reconnect and and you know really reflect on my time at Leipzig and you know where I wanted to become as a player and a person and uh, when we reconnected I was all in and, and bought into to the idea of coming here um, and finding the old Tyler. That's really cool. So what, what is the old Tyler? An animal, an absolute beast on the field and, um, you know, in a sense, just doesn't really care about anything or, or anything, you know, don't overthink anything. And, you know, in, in, in Leipzig, you know, I went through through some tough times, things that, that taught me a lot about myself, you know, different coaching changes, uh, some injuries that I had to sit on the sideline and watch from um, from the stands for some tough games. But um, at the end of the day, I think that, that now you see, you know, I'm, I'm back and, and playing my best football. You know, I don't really care about um, anything except helping the team, helping them win, whatever it takes. And uh, that mentality is there again. And, and, you know, he wanted to push those buttons out of me. And uh, he's gotten the best out of me now. I remember when spoken to Jesse before, spoken to you about leadership as well. Is this something you, you always talk about wanting to be a, like a natural leader? Is that something when you go to a new club, does that take time to come through? Or is it something where you just try, you know, hit the ground running and be immediately who you are from right from be immediately who you are from the outset? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, you know, coming in, of course, I want to establish myself and, and respectfully so. Um, but I come in and I work hard, you know, you know, getting stuck in on tackles, making sure that I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, but at the end of the day, that natural leadership will develop as time goes on. Awesome. Um, Jesse spoke to Sports Centre a couple of weeks ago. He was speaking about why he brought in you and brought in Brendan. He said some of it was also sort of changing the way that perhaps you know, the world looks at American football players in, in the Premier League. Is that something which is on your radar at all, that, that changing that sort of perception a little bit? I mean, I think that wherever you go, there's always that stigma around American players, right? And do they have enough quality? Are they athletic enough? Just these, these small details that you hear, the, the you know, chitter-chatter in your ear. But at the end of the day, um, we know what we're capable of as American soccer players. You know, of course, you know, take American away from, from our nationality and then they'd probably say we're pretty good players, you know? And then, uh, yeah, we know what we have to do and we're trying to earn the respect for all the, the up and coming national team players as well. So yeah, for us, it's, a, it's an important role that we want to take on. If we have success here, then, you know, maybe Leeds will look at the next young American or, or, or in the Premier League. So um, yeah, we know that we have a big role and a big responsibility, but we like that. 
in Leipzig towards the end of the season you were sort of in and out of the team here you started both games there's a World Cup in November was that at the back of your mind as well the importance of needing to be playing every single game as much as possible Listen, I, I know I'm going to be at my best when I'm playing week in and week out, you know, when you have that um, that consistency in your game and, and the opportunity to play and obviously showcase yourself, develop as a player. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely in the back of my mind. But at the same time, Leeds has an unbelievable plan and structure going into place. And you could see with the investments that they've made into the team now, bringing in young players, that they have a direction that they want to take this. So um, to be a, a core part of that now moving forward, it was also important to me. Um, Tyler and Brendan, um, talk to me about that whole process of bringing Tyler in. Yeah, I mean, obviously I love Tyler, you know, and I mean that. Uh, it, like, it's different than a, than a son, but it's, it's similar because I've known him for so long. Um, I'm very proud of him. I'm, I, I, I'm very proud of the person that he is. Um, and I've always believed in him, always. But I've also known that he's had challenges, you know, big challenges. And it's not just about playing or not. It's about how an environment works and how people interact. And there's some environments that bring out the best in people. And there's some environments that bring out the worst in people. And, and you know, without going too in-depth into Leipzig, um, it's, it's not the easiest place, I think, to live as a, as a free person, as a person who wants to express himself within a team environment. It, that, that was always a bit of a challenge. And so it, it, I think it wore on, on Tyler. And I knew that. And I saw that. And I challenged him while I was there to change. And I challenged him to be a leader. But I think maybe the challenge was, given the, the, the situation, uh, difficult, too difficult for a man of his age and what he had already been through to, to, um, to carry out the role I wanted him to. But even when I brought him here, I, I said to him, you know, we don't, of course, I, I know you have leadership qualities and I know who you are as a person, but we just need you to get back to being the kind of player that you are and the kind of, you know, sort of uh, more freedom in the way that you express yourself as a person and as a player on the pitch because we have a really strong foundation of a team here and we have leaders in the team. But I wanted to make sure that he knew there was a responsibility to commit to the team fully in a selfless manner because I know what the mentality of the group and the character of the group is here. So, you know, we had two hard conversations about it. And at the end, I, I could even sense the change in his voice. It was that more than anything that convinced me that Tyler was the right guy to bring here. And I can only say that his performances since he's been here have been the best that I've seen. And he's exactly where I know he should be. And, and now I know that we can pick up on the development path from where we left off and really help push him to be a great player. And Man, that's some great insights. You don't really get to hear players and coaches open, uh, speaking this openly about needing a change. Tyler Allen referred to himself as old Tyler. Who was that old Tyler Adams? You know, it's funny because I heard this and it reminded me of when I interviewed him back in 2000, I believe it was 17, 18. Um, he was 18 years old, okay? It was MLS Media Day. I interviewed him in the old Max and Herc podcast, that crew, so for the faithful out Shout there. out to Max. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I asked him about the U.S. Open Cup in 2017, the final, it was Sporting Kansas City versus the Red Bull. And he was yelling at all these veterans, and he's 17 years old at this time. And he's yelling at these people, and I asked him, hey, what's up with this? You know, you're such a young kid, where does that come from? He said, it's that gritty mentality. Nothing came easy, making ends meet with a single mother. Not taking things for granted. So if the guys around me let me down, I can't let that happen. I need to get the best out of them. Get them on the same page. Try to get the best out of every single one of us. That's Tyler Adams. That's who he is. He's a natural born leader. But somewhere along the lines at Leipzig with Jesse Marsh, you remember the leaked reports, yep. the trauma in that locker room, the accusations that he favored Tyler, the talking behind his back. I think somewhere along the lines, he lost, lost touch with that. He forgot about that. And his play suffered because of it. And that real talk with Jesse Marsh, that man-to-man -man talk, those hard truths resonated and he changed. And we're seeing in this play this season. He's played really well. I have only one concern with this. The fact that there's only the one, not only the one guy, but one guy in specific that can really push you and get the best out of you, like, like Jesse Marsh is doing with Tyler Adams. 
Every manager should be able to do that with you as a player. Did it ever happen to you in your playing time that you sort of lost your motivation and you needed either a manager or another player, a leader to get in your ear and get you back to that place, to get you out of your comfort zone and be that hungry again to be the best version of yourself? Yeah, I don't know if that's the case with Tyler because he didn't necessarily have that with Jesse in Leipzig. You know, if we're, if we're being honest, he didn't have the best moment. Jesse didn't have the best moments. They didn't get the best at each other at Leipzig. But with Tyler Adams, I strictly think it's him. Mm. It's how headstrong he can be for himself. Jesse Marsh is just a believer. He's a guy that pushes, but he's not the only one he can play for because he, he did very well with Julian Nagelsmann, you know? Yeah. Played very well. Played multiple positions for him. So that can't be an issue. It's Tyler Adams getting Tyler Adams focused. Because at one time, Tyler Adams was the best player in his position in CONCACAF. He was the best defensive midfielder in CONCACAF. That's not the case today. Right now, it's Edson Alvarez. So can he get himself back to where he was? Can he become the best at his position again? Can he be the leader the U.S. Men's National Team needs him to be three months from now? Yeah, that, that, that was some, some good, good talk. And I'm glad Tyler Adams feels that way about himself because probably that means what we are about to see, the best version of Tyler Adams at the right time just before the World Cup. All right, let's uh, run it back again. Josh Sargent got his second start for Norwich this season and for the first time finds the back of the net. I'm just taking notes on American scoring overseas. Well, he started as a center forward. Timo Puku's out. Puki, excuse me, is out because uh, he's injured and it only took yep. six minutes in his natural position for him to find the back of the net. He's 22 years old and I've always said he is my most talented number nine in the pool, one of my favorites. Maybe there's a World Cup push. Yeah, you've said that before. Uh, and what about, this is an amazing chip. Nice Gooch. Oh my God, look at that finish. Lyndon Gooch, I mean, it, it's, it's a good finish from the uh, Santa Sunderland. Cruz. California native, you ever been to Santa Cruz? It's an amazing place. But I don't ridiculous. think I've ever been there before, by the way. Oh, you should go. Yeah? All right, it's, it's an amazing place. Man, that's a nice chip. Lyndon Gooch. First EFL goal for Sunderland this season. And look at this cañito. The nutmeg by Alan Soñora. Alan Soñora. Oh my God. 24 Ponte years Sotana. Plays in the Argentine First Division, the American, born in New York City. His father actually MLS veteran. Played for teams like New York, Dallas. Woo. More La Liga action on ESPN Plus. Real Sociedad de San Sebastián. Hosting FC Barcelona, will Serginho Dest will be included in Xavi's roster? Find out this Sunday, 3.55 p.m. Eastern, 12.55 Pacific on ESPN+. El Clásico Joven is officially turning 50 this year. Now, big implications for this one on Saturday at Estadio Azteca. America coming off a big win against Pachuca. Third win in a row for El Tan Ortiz. And Cruz Azul, my oh my, they lost to Tijuana and that's their third consecutive loss in Liga MX. They face off again, but I mean, when you look at this Cruz Azul, Cruz Azul fans, and I know some of you are watching at home, uh, this is a tough time to be a Cruz Azul fan. It really is. Did you say the Clásico Joven turns 50? 50. They gotta change that name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, man. Diego Aguirre should be very worried. Do you think his, his job is on the line? Yes. So they're 16th in the table. Yeah. They've already have five losses, which ties them in losses with Querétaro, the worst team in the league. Not only that, they're the worst defensive team in the league. And it's not going to get any easier. They've got eight more games. And when pressure mounts, what you least want are high-profile games. In the next eight games. Four of those, let me read you off the opponents. Please. Clásico Joven. It's America. No longer so Joven, pero bueno, okay. Pumas after that. Yeah. Another Clásico. Pumas struggling. Monterrey, a juggernaut. That's a tough one. And Chivas. Now you say what you will about the level, those are high profile games. And when you're a manager high that's in the hot games. seat. High pressure games. High profile, yes. When you're a manager that's in the hot seat, what you least want is more attention. This is a situation now that shouldn't surprise anybody. Because of the turmoil 
off the field because the, the refuerzos, the reinforcements who haven't resulted on the field. It's a recipe for disaster, and if I'm Diego Guerrero, I'm very nervous. So you know me, I don't really have time for new managers not delivering results in Liga MX, right? I'm not afraid to call them out, and if they have to go, they have to go. But honestly, surprisingly, I don't think that's the case for Diego Aguirre right here. He lost his best player in the middle of the season, El Bebote. That's the only guy who was scoring for Cruz Azul. And the guy who actually hired Diego Aguirre, Jaime Ordiales, is no longer Cruz Azul's sporting director. He's now working with the Mexican national team. So that means Cruz Azul has no sporting director. We don't know who's in charge of Cruz Azul right now. Who, who's going to fire him? I don't think his job is on the line because, first of all, only 10 games with the club? We got to give him some time. He asked for certain players to come to Cruz Azul. That didn't happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be patient with Diego Aguirre. I'm going to give him this season, and then we'll see how he goes. Oh, I'm not I saying fire. You, you asked if his job was on the line. I, I don't think it's on the line. <laughs> Cruz Azul's problems are, are deeper than just the manager. Now, Club America, as I said, third win in a row. Do you buy America's current form? You know, there's nothing to buy. It was always an issue of once the season started, they needed to get some wins, and if they didn't, it was the pressure was going to mount because of the calendar. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, fecha uno, week one, they couldn't beat Atlas. This version of Atlas. Fecha two against Monterrey, week two, they lost to Monterrey. Competitive game. Fecha three, okay. when the calendar starts getting tight. It took a 94th minute wonder goal from Richard Sanchez against a 10-man Toluca. Well, so that's had, a W, right? Where they had 10 men. Or Toluca had 10 minutes for about 15 minutes. That's a W against the league's best Toluca. Okay. So, so it's not like we have to buy them all of a sudden being a good team. They're a solid team, Mal. They're a very good team. Nobody had any doubts about them being a solid team. But you can't all of a sudden start saying they're contenders. Let's look at actual contenders. Tigres, that's a contender. Oh, so you don't Monterrey, have America. That's a contender. Toluca with 11 men, that's a contender. America's going to be there because we knew they would be there. But let's not all of a sudden say, now you buying this? Do we believe in them? Are they back? They've always been there. Yeah, but I think they're title contenders. Oh, you're in they, America. No, I'm, I mean, I mean, <laughs> is, is, is there a huge difference between Monterrey and America? I don't think so. Roster -wise, is there a yes. huge difference between Toluca and America? Roster-wise. No, yes. senor. No. Toluca and America roster-wise? Yeah. Absolutely not. And here's, here's what makes me believe that America will be a title contender. Team is healthy, number one. That's a very good roster. You don't want to buy that, but that's a very, very soft. Once you have Pedro Aquino coming off the bench, Roger Martinez that, means, back. that means that's a good roster. Roger Martinez will be back. Federico Viñas was scoring. He's on the bench because now Henry Martinez is doing so, so good. And you have the best keeper in the league, Guillermo Choa. Club America, ladies and gentlemen. Camilo Vargas back. plays for America? What's that? Camilo Vargas No, no, no. I said best goalkeeper that's in Mexico. That's Guillermo Choa. Right now, that's Guillermo Chua. That's not Camilo Vargas right now. He, he was a couple of years ago. Oh, I'm so ready for this next Get Lost. Danny Alves. I'm sure he watches ESPN, Ahora o Nunca, Football Americas. He probably uh, sees my social media. This is Danny Alves posting this Thursday. Whoever does not prepare for the process will never be worthy of the event. Or did you think winning would be easy? Being a winner in life is hard. Easy is to be commentators. Ben McKee Amiguinos, that's the hashtag he used. So he, this, this has been a tough week for Dani Alves. You know what I believe of his signing. I thought it was a waste of money. And I insist Pumas is worse with, with him now as they were before. Uh, do you want to send him get lost or not? Yeah, I mean, listen. Should he get lost? He's a winner, right? He's the winningest player in world football. That's a fact. But even Danny Alves can't beat Father Time. Yeah, he's come on. He's too slow. He's playing in a position where he gets caught in transition. And it seems like he wants to fight with everybody about it. It's a losing battle. You don't need to do it. You're Danny Alves. Danny Alves, get lost. You absolutely underestimated La Liga MX. We'll move on. Women's International Champions Cup. Portland playing Rayadas de Monterrey. Portland uh, current champs, Portland Thorns, and this was her a very competitive game. Second minute, Michelle Vasconcelos. Oh, Alejandria Godinez, remember that name. Fifth minute now. Becky, Marisa Everett, one on one against the keeper. And there's your first goal of the game. Yeah, Godinez is going to want that one back. Look, she goes to the right foot, she thinks it's going to go. 
Glove side goes stick side, and it's the first one. Janine Becky again inside the box. How did that not end up in the back of the net? You can't play transition football against Portland Thorns. You're going to get ate up. You're going to get carved open, which is what was happening in the first 30 minutes. Yeah, concern with Rayada. Second half. Oh, my God. Michel Vasconcelos again with the shot. And this is Godinez with an amazing save. Mano cambiado. That's her other hand. What a save. Now, 69 minute. This is the good finish by Diana Garcia. And we're even. 1-0. Yeah, a good little play in between two players. And then the penalty kick, but Godinez comes up big. That's save number one for Godinez. But then Abby Smith also with the save. Rebecca Bernal took that penalty kick. Christine Sinclair, and again, Godinez going to her left-hand side. Now Rayadas converting with Lisette Rodriguez. And the shocker, Alejandria Godinez becomes the star of the match, Rayadas. Knock out Portland Thorns in PKs. Now we go, what a match. Lyon playing Chelsea. This is Sam Kerr. Eight minute, Herc. The control and the finish. That's just a naughty finish. Wow. It's an excellent run over the top. Watch her bring it down with her chest. Sets herself up, still in motion, never slows down. Presence of mind to calmly chip it over the goalkeeper and in. We go now. 50th minute, Lauren James. Whoop. The move, keeper does what she can, not enough, and it's 2-0 for Chelsea. This move right here by Lauren James, fakes the cut, oh, just nice. back, left-footed finish. Keeper gets a hand on it, it's gonna want that one back. Let's remember, Lyon has been one of the greatest teams in recent memory, and this is a fantastic goal. 76th minute, Lindsey Horan with a free kick over the wall and to the back of the net, and then 87th minute, Senior one! Boom! And we're all even! 2 all with three minutes left in regulation. No Caterina Mecuario, no pasa nada, nothing there. 2-2. Two, two. And we're all tied up. And we go to PKs as well. Lindsey Horan. No! Right, Al poste. Right, that one back. And now, Senior Brun. Yes, finding the back of the net. Now, Chelsea. Mili Bright. What a save. And now, Lyon with a chance to win it if Inés Benaria converts, and she does. Lyon coming from behind to beat Chelsea, also in PKs. Have a nice double header, Women's International Champion Cup. Portland Thorns playing Chelsea starting at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPNU. And this is all on Saturday, by the way. Lyon playing Rayadas de Monterrey. Right after that, 11 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. And remember, we have an extended version of that Jesse Marsh, Jesse Marsh conversation on Monday here on Football Americas as well. Yeah. You can download the podcast. You can watch us every Monday, every Thursday. I'm sorry, people. Here on ESPN. Timothy Weyer confirmed it's true. Those no, are the no, kids. don't say it. Timmy. Don't say it. You had one job. Weston, you had one job. Shout out to Seb Salazar. We'll see Besides you Monday. Football America.